What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the return episode of Around the NBA, a podcast with my thoughts on the latest news, transactions, teams, and players across the league. Yes, I said the return episode because I'm sure you guys have noticed I have been gone for a couple of months now, about a good two months. And, um, you know, I, I feel like I constantly have to apologize to you guys <laughs> for disappearing. Um, and I promise you it's not because I want to. It's not because... You know, I lose track of this or I lose uh, motivation or what have you. I've just been really, really busy in my personal life. Um, there's been a lot going on and I just haven't had the time to really put out episodes. You know, I've had some downtime here and there, but, you know, I don't want to produce one episode and then make it another three weeks or four weeks to make another one. You know, I've just been I've just been really, really busy um, in my personal life and I feel like I'm, I'm finally settling in and I'm finally settling down and, and I'm in a good place now where I can get back into my rhythm, get back into my groove of making episodes and making content. Um, but yeah, I just want to apologize to you guys again, <laughs> uh, because I know I have, uh, not been around. So yeah, it, it's nothing bad. Um, uh, it has been a stressful time, but it's a good stress. Um, I'll say that much, but yeah, man, I'm, I'm hoping to again be you know consistent with this and be able to produce produce uh episodes for you guys on a consistent basis once again um the season's right around the corner so um you know i've missed a lot you know the last episode i made was right in the middle of the nba finals um so we're going to talk about a little bit about that we're going to talk about um some of the off-season moves we're going to talk about a little you know there's a couple things i have in store for you guys all right don't worry about it i got you guys um, but yeah, man, I just wanted to start off the episode with saying, you know, I've been gone, I've been busy, but I'm back. So like I said, my last episode was right in the middle of the NBA Finals. It was right after game one, in fact. Um, and I had my brother on and we were discussing what we saw after game one and we kind of gave a prediction for the rest of the series. Um, and now that I'm realizing that was three months ago, so I haven't been, I haven't been on here for three months. <laughs> Not two, but with that being said, since that was my last episode, I didn't really get to discuss the NBA Finals, and even though it's been three months, and this is going to be a three-month-old topic, my first topic of discussion is the NBA Finals, and, you know, just, I'm going to, I'm not going to go too deep into it because it is three months old, <laughs> but, you know, I'm just going to, you know, highlight or just pinpoint some of the things that stood out to me the most throughout that series. Um, so in that last episode, my brother and I were discussing, like, because Boston won game one, what would it look like, what would it look like if they won game two? And we both said, well, if they won game two, the series is almost over because both games were in Golden State. And if Boston walked out of that series, walked out of Oakland, two games to nil, they had that series wrapped. Now, knowing the Golden State Warriors, would that have been certainty? No. You know, would they have for sure won that series? No. But their chances of winning skyrocket. And I said they would have gone to like 50% possibility of winning that series. Well, that didn't happen. <laughs> you know, Golden State went on to win game two. And then they won the series in six games. Which is what I predicted. That Golden State would win the series in six games. But after game one, um, my brother and I were discuss- discussing. <laughs> we were discussing, you know... A comment that Draymond made. And now that I look back at it, I'm like, okay, I can see where he was coming from. But at the time, we were kind of making fun of him because he said, if players like Al Horford, Derek White, 
uh, Marcus Smart are the ones that are leading them to victory. You know, if they're the players that they're going to rely on to beat us, we're good. Right? Like, we're good. Like, those guys aren't going to hit the shots that they were hitting tonight for the rest of the series. And he was right. Right? Like, the way we were looking at it is like, okay, well, Jason Tatum didn't have the greatest of games. He shot, like, two for 13 or something like that. Even though he had, like, 13 assists. Um, and he had, like, 12 points. But he shot terrible that game. He shot he shot three for 17. I'm looking at the statue now. Three for 17 that game. He shot terrible. So, even though he was not the Jason Tatum that they needed him to be that game, they still, they still ended up winning that game. So, I was looking at it like their best player struggled. And they still managed to win that game. Now, did I expect to see Jason Tatum not have an impact the rest of the series? No. <laughs> so that's my first takeaway from 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 that series was Jason Tatum lack Jason Tatum's lack of impact on the Boston Celtics. Like he on paper was the second best player in that series, right? Going into the series, Jason Tatum was the second best player. In that series, Steph Curry obviously being number one. But Jason Tatum just didn't play like the second best player in that series. I don't even think he was the third best player in that series. The second best player to me was Andrew Wiggins. Third best player was Jalen Brown. Like I thought Jalen Brown was the Boston Celtics best player. And if you look at the box score outside of game one and outside of game six, because Boston was kind of blown out, but... Jason Tatum's numbers, they look pretty good. Like he, 28 points, 26 points, 23 points, 27 points. Uh, and his 28-point uh, uh, game, he had six boards. In game three, 26 points, six boards. In game four, 23 points, 11 boards. 27 points, 10 boards. Um, in game three, he had 26 points, six boards, nine assists. Right? So, like, if you look at the box score, it wasn't terrible. But if you watch those games, there just there was just something missing. There was just something that just wasn't there for him. And I'll say this though, I'll say this. Even though like his, to me like his scoring was the least impactful. Even though like game two he had twenty eight points, but that was probably his best scoring performance because in game three he only shot nine for twenty three. Game four he shot eight for twenty three. Game five he shot ten for twenty. Not bad. Game six, he shot six for 18. So, like, I don't know. There was just something there on the offensive side of the ball where he just wasn't the Jason Tatum that they needed him to be. Now, like I was going to say, I'll give him credit because he became a playmaker, especially in game one. He had 13 assists in game one. Like, he played pretty good in terms of playmaking, in terms of, trying to help your team win even though like you can't score, right? Like he he really dug deep into his other arsenal of of skills and his his bag, if you will, to try to help his team win, right? He contributed to his team winning that in that game with his defense, his playmaking, you know, finding his teammates, you know, to 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 score, right? He did his thing outside of scoring. But for the rest of the series like there's just there was just something there that was missing for me. And I thought Jalen Brown, maybe Jalen Brown just kind of stood out to me more because he had bigger moments in the fourth quarter than, than Jason Tatum. And that's why I feel like Jalen Brown was a better player in that series. I think, you know, you can definitely say 
Jason Tatum was the fourth best player in that series. But the best player in the series was by far Steph Curry. And the second best player in the series, which is the second thing that stood out to me, was Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins, to me, was the second best player in the series. Like, he did everything that the Warriors needed him to do. And he was the player that they needed him to be. Like, his defense was terrific. His offensive abilities showed up when they needed him to uh, to show up. Like, Andrew Wiggins stepped up. Now, I'm not going to go as far as to say, like, oh, he had a case for finals MVP. Like, no, it was clearly going to be Steph winning that award. <laughs> but Andrew Wiggins did his thing. And he really contributed to that championship. Because Jordan Poole kind of disappeared. Draymond Green for sure disappeared. Klay Thompson was meh. Outside of Steph, it was Andrew Wiggins. And then they had the role players like um, Porter Jr. had some big shots. Um, Gary Payton had some some good, some some nice moments defensively. Um, uh, what's his name? The center. I uh, can't remember his name. Uh, Looney. Kayvon Looney. Defensively, man. Made some big plays defensively. Um, but... Yeah, I thought Andrew Wiggins was the second best player in the series. So, the Warriors not only had the best player in the series, they also had the second best player in the series, which really made it easier for them to win. Um, the third thing really was, I thought Robert Williams the third really put himself on the map after this series. Even though he was hurt, he was banged up, you can clearly see he was not 100%. He was probably like 60%, to be honest. Like, his knee was really bothering him. That man on the defensive side of the ball is phenomenal. Like, he's a hustler. He does all the dirty work. He's a great shot blocker. Um, he's everything you want. And your big man, like, your your paint protector. And to me, that was kind of like his coming out party. I never really saw the Boston Celtics last year like that. So, maybe I'm just late to the party. <laughs> but I really, really like Robert Williams. And what I saw from him, like, I think he's a very good piece to any team, but you know, his current team, Boston Celtics and, you know, getting them a possibility to contribute to a championship, right? Like he's a valuable piece to a championship team. If he continues to play the way he, he played and if he stays healthy, but those were the biggest things that stood out to me. Jason Tatum, I don't think he's there just yet. And in terms of elite, like top five. But, I, you know, he's for sure top 10 still. But, you know, a lot of people were saying, I want to say a lot, but, you know, there were people saying that he was top five, you know, and he's this and he's that. And he's just not there for me just yet. And I know it's going to sound like harsh. Well, you know, it's the NBA Finals. It's the biggest stage of them all. You know, how can you knock him for that? Or, you know, he's still young and yada, yada, yada. Like, I get all of that. And I know he's developed and I know he's become, he's becoming uh, a bona fide superstar. He's just not quite there yet. And I just think he needs a little bit more experience under his belt come playoff time. You know, and he's going to he's going to make more finals, right? Maybe another couple of them. You know, he's still very young. Boston Celtics are they all they're still very good. They're still a top 2 team in the East. They might return, they might go back next year, who knows. They had some some missing pieces which they acquired this offseason, so we'll see. But, yeah, Jason Tatum is not quite top five for me. Top ten for sure, 
top five, not quite there, which is really nitpicking. <laughs> but that's kind of what you have to do when it when it gets to you know top five, top ten players. Like you're just kind of nitpicking. He's still a phenomenal player, and if he comes back the way he like this upcoming season, the way he played the second half of the, of the regular season last year, he can be very much easily top three MVP conversation again. Or he was top five last year. He was number four. But he can definitely get himself in real MVP conversations if he plays the way he played in the second half of the season all season long. So his future's still bright, just not quite there yet. Um, Andrew Wiggins, he's really kind of grown into his own in Golden State, becoming a valuable piece. He became a valuable piece of that championship team. And number three, Robert Williams. I think he can be something like an Andrew Wiggins. Not obviously their skill sets are very different, but like he can be a valuable piece to a championship team. And I really like from of, of what I saw from him in, in the finals. So huge fan of Robert Williams after the finals. So Golden State, man. Will they repeat next year? We'll see. So now moving on to my next topic of discussion. Something that is well, <laughs> I was gonna say something that's more recent. But some of these these trades and acquisitions happened a couple months ago as well. So <laughs> not that recent. Some of them are recent, but not all of them. Um, was the offseason and some of the free agent signings and some of the big trades that happened um, this offseason. So the biggest, well, some of the biggest ones, I'm not going to say the biggest, but some of the biggest ones were obviously Rudy Gobert being traded to Minnesota. Uh, Christian Wood traded to the Mavericks. Um, DeJounte Murray traded to Atlanta. Boston Celtics get Malcolm Brockton and Donovan Mitchell to the Cavs. Those were the biggest acquisitions that occurred that happened this offseason. To me, there were some minor ones like uh, Jeremy Grant going to Portland. I think that's going to be a nice piece for Damian Lillard. Um, I just don't think that's going to make a huge difference in, in Portland. Um, I think there's, you know, there's still a couple of pieces away from actually being contenders in the West, even though they got some solid pieces up there and Damian Lillard. Jeremy Grant, uh, uh, Anthony uh, Simmons, you know, okay pieces, but, you know, still far away from really contending. Um, but I think these pieces um, really make a huge difference for the teams that they went to. Um, not Is that a good thing or a bad thing, right? Like, just because they make a difference, it doesn't necessarily make mean it's going to be a good difference. <laughs> but to me, I think... The biggest acquisition out of all of these was Donovan Mitchell to the Cleveland Cavaliers and Malcolm Brogdon to the Boston Celtics. I think those two were the biggest splashes, if you will, this offseason um, because the, the, the Cavs were already a pretty solid team, right? They were a very good defensive team. You know, they made it in the playoffs last year. And now they get Donovan Mitchell, who is a playoff riser right like he does play better in the playoffs but for some reason he just didn't really have a ton of success in utah and i just think that the jazz just weren't really built for the playoffs i've always said that they just didn't have the pieces around him to really win right like they were a great regular season team but come playoff time they just didn't have enough so i think he's a very good playoff performer and i think now that he's in cleveland i think he does have a better chance of advancing and getting and getting farther than he did um, than, than when he was in Utah. Um, so I think that's the biggest biggest acquisition. And I think the Cavs can be a top four team in the East. You know, you got Milwaukee, to me, still number one. 
Um, Boston is number two. You can flip-flop. Like, if you want to say Boston should be number one because they made it to the finals, that's fine. Sure. But Milwaukee, Boston. And outside of that, I don't think Brooklyn's up there anymore. Maybe Philly. But even Philly's kind of like, mm, I don't know what kind of James Harden we're going to see moving forward. To me, it could be the Cavs. It could be the Cavs. I think the Cavs at this point are probably better than my own Bulls. <laughs> I just trust their defense more. And at the end of the day, defense wins championships. You know, I think you definitely need an offense as well. But their defense is a lot more trustworthy than the Bulls. Right, and their offense isn't that far worse than the Bulls. I don't think the Bulls have a spectacular offense. Um, but sorry, I don't mean to get on a tangent about the Bulls. <laughs> but yeah, I think the Cavs can very much so be a top three team in the East with his acquisition and Donovan Mitchell. You know, they didn't give up much. They lost Larry Markkinen and Colin Sexton, who wasn't even playing last year. But now you got a a, a very good one and two and 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 Mitchell and Darius Garland. You got Jared Allen coming back, um, Mobley, right? Like they got they got some pieces there. So can they be real contenders? We'll see. But they have on paper, they're for sure look like legit Eastern Conference Finals contenders at the very least. Um, and the other team that I mentioned was Boston Celtics, and you know we saw what they were capable of doing last year. And this was the acquisition I was talking about. Um, in my last topic. Uh, was of Malcolm Brogdon. And I think this was a piece that they needed or that they didn't have last season. You know, they had uh, 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 Marcus Smart as their starting point guard. And Marcus Smart is a very good player, but he's not a playmaker. He's not a point guard. And Malcolm Brogdon can be that for them. You know, and, and like I said, in the finals, we saw a little bit of Jason Tatum's playmaking ability. I, I, I think he's an underrated playmaker. I think he's a pretty solid playmaker. But I don't think they want him to be that point forward. Right, like you need players like players like him deserve or should have a, a, a playmaker alongside them, right? Like someone like Kevin Durant. I'm not saying Jason Tatum's on Kevin Durant's level, not just yet, but you know, wing players like that shouldn't necessarily have to be the playmakers, right? They don't have to be the point forwards of their team. You know, Kevin Durant never had to be that. So I think Jason Tatum doesn't necessarily need to do that in order to win. Right, I think he can focus on other things other than having to be the point forward for that team. Anyways, Malcolm Brogdon, I think, is a, a nice acquisition. He's a two-way player. Um, I think that's a very good starting point guard. You know, yeah, he's obviously not Marcus Smart good defensively because Marcus Smart is a defensive player of the year, but he's still pretty good. And I think offensively, he's he's much better than Marcus Smart. Um, and he can score, you know, he can stretch the floor, he can play make. It's a very, very good acquisition for Boston, which very much so can put him over the hump in a Milwaukee Bucks series, right? Like, he can be the difference maker, right? Milwaukee has uh, Drew Holiday, Boston now has, now has Malcolm Brogdon. So, I really hope to see them in the playoffs again, um, and I, I really like this acquisition for Boston. You know, I think Malcolm can be that, that piece, you know, that gives them over the hump. Now, would he have made a difference in, in the last year's finals? Probably not, but, you know, he's still a very, very good piece to have. Um, and I guess the one where I'm just not really, like, it's okay, but I'm like, mm, it's the Rudy Gobert one. I'm, I'm just not, 
You can call me a Rudy hater. That's fine. <laughs> I'm just not huge on Rudy Gobert. Like, I know he's a very good defensive anchor. You know, he's a very good shot blocker. He's a very good rim protector. I get all of that. I'm just... Minnesota's just not... You know, to me, it's not... Eh, like, Cat, I'm not a huge fan of Cat. I don't think he's that good of a... Like, he's good, like, skill-wise, right? But in terms of impact, in terms of uh, of being, a, like, a, a piece to a championship team, like, as the number one or number two guy, I just don't see that from him. Um, it has to become Anthony Edwards' team in order for this for this project to succeed. But, you know, we'll see what happens. I'm just not really sold on Rudy. I'm not sold on Minnesota. You know, I think they'll finish somewhere where they finished last year. I don't think they're a top, maybe a top four team in the West. But, you know, Denver is getting healthy. Um, uh, 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 the Clippers are getting healthy. Golden State still in the mix, obviously. And then I think Dallas did get better with the acquisition of Christian Wood. You know, Christian Wood's a solid big man. He can stretch the floor. He can. He's a solid rim protector, something that they didn't have before. And they already had solid team defense. So, to me, I think Dallas is slightly better than Minnesota. Right? So, you got Dallas, Golden State, the Clippers, um, and, and and um, the Denver Nuggets, who I would still say are better than the Timberwolves, maybe even the Lakers, if Anthony Davis comes back healthy and LeBron does his thing right, like if they still come back and they're healthy, maybe even the Lakers are better than them. So I see them finishing around the same spot that they did last year as a sixth, fifth seed, right, right, right in the middle of the pack of the West. I don't know, that's just me. And like I said, you want to call me a Rudy hater? Call me a Rudy hater. I don't care. <laughs> I just don't think he's gonna make he's gonna make a difference on the defensive side of the ball, obviously. But come playoff time, it's just I don't know. I, I don't see them making that that far to be honest. But you know, we'll see. But to me, the biggest acquisitions this offseason were for sure Donovan Mitchell to the Cleveland Cavaliers and Malcolm Brogdon to the Boston Celtics. So moving on to my next topic, which is for sure I'm a hundred and thousand percent sure that this is a more recent topic all right this isn't three months old all right <laughs> my topics moving forward are now going to be of modern time <laughs> i promise all right starting with this next topic i'm sure you guys have already seen heard um seen people react uh, and comment on on this particular uh subject or this particular matter um of comments made by Gilbert Arenas, Sir Agent Zero, um, uh, of a particular player in today's NBA, Mr. Giannis Antetokounmpo. So I'm going to play this clip for you guys, and then I'm going to give my reaction to it, okay? So let's let's hear these comments. Well, let's, let's start off a little bit. Let's hear what, what Coach has to say. People don't understand that separation. You know, you talk about there's elite, and then there's another whole, there's a whole other level. <laughs> there's a gap. And people wonder, well, why? What, what, what separates them, man? Listen, I've learned what is what separates Braun. You know, what separates guys like Kobe, Braun, the Kawhi's, the KDs, whatever in the world. My coach. It's the work that they put in. Okay. How meticulous they are with that work. Fair enough. with that work. Fair and enough, coach. There is a true gap. There, there is. There is a true gap. You know, I'm, I talk to people about that all the time. Yeah, there's elite, but then there's there's another level of elite in our league. Of what players look like, and, and what's so funny is the media tries to shorten it. They do. 
What do you mean by that? What do you mean by that, Gilbert? Like it's this, like, oh, he's the best player in the league. Not even close. <laughs> just stop. Just stop. <laughs> just stop. Like, like, uh, so who are they talking about? So big, but you're what are you talking about, Gilbert? replace the next person by putting him in. Like his work, I can look at his game and say, he doesn't understand basketball yet. He mm-hmm. plays the sport. Okay. He won a championship. Cool. He, he won a championship. Understand mm. how to be great, how okay. to be better, how to train his body. Like, you know, I'm looking at the stats. Oh, playing 32 minutes, 34 minutes. 30. You, I'm sorry, but to be here, you have to train your body to at least 38 minutes and above. Okay. Like LeBron played 37 minutes at 37. <laughs> that's, a, that's a whole bit like just that's a whole. Iverson was playing 43 minutes. Wait a sec. Wait, wait, minutes. wait. Like, Gilbert, this, Gilbert, Gilbert. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. I'm going to pause that there. Okay. So you mean to tell me Giannis Antetokounmpo can't be considered great because he doesn't play 37, 38 minutes a game? Are you telling me that Allen Iverson is better than Gilbert Arenas because he played more minutes a game? Because Allen Iverson, as he goes on to say, was playing 43 minutes a game? That's what you're telling me. That Allen Iverson is better than Giannis Antetokounmpo because he played 43 minutes a game. Like, what are we doing, man? Now, to be fair, okay, I'm not gonna pull the I'm not gonna pull up the other clip that I saw. I watched another clip from his podcast, the No Chill podcast. Uh, I think his name is Josiah. Josiah or his his co-host. He asked him a question. It was like the the next time they did their show. He asked him like how. What is your reaction to people's reactions on your comments? And he goes on to explain in in detail what he meant. So, as crazy as it sounds, right? As crazy as what he just said, in my opinion, it makes no sense at all. After he explained himself, I kind of see where he was coming from. Still crazy, but I kind of see where he was coming from. Basically, what he was trying to say was that Giannis isn't necessarily the most meticulous player, as Coach was saying, in the league, right? He isn't necessarily the smartest player in the league, right? Like Chris Paul, LeBron. He basically what Gilbert is saying is he doesn't play the game within the game. Right, like he's all kind of brute force. He's all skill or, you know, just, yeah, just athletic skill basically is what he's saying. That he doesn't really try to outsmart you, right? Like his IQ isn't necessarily there. Like he doesn't have the finesse, right? Like the footwork real, you know what I mean? Like it's kind of, he was nitpicking his really his intangibles more so than his tangibles. So I kind of get it, right? Like, yes, Giannis isn't as smart, 
as as LeBron, Chris Paul, or Tim Duncan was, right? He doesn't have the ability to hit a 15, 16, 17-footer on a consistent basis like Tim Duncan did, right? Like, off-the-bank shot, right? He doesn't have those little nuances that elevate his game. Sure, right? But that doesn't mean he isn't good. (laughs) It doesn't mean he isn't great. So, like, when he's saying he doesn't understand the game of basketball, he doesn't understand really, or what he's trying to say is that he doesn't understand, like, the nuances of the game. Like, like Kobe was very meticulous. Kobe was, like, there's known stories that Kobe would read the 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 rule book the, that the refs would read and know, like, for this is just an example, like, where certain times or where refs would have to be in certain times or in certain inbound plays. And he knew where he could go and, and get away with certain things, right, because they didn't have a, a certain view of, on the court. Right, like those little things, like Giannis doesn't know is what Gilbert is saying. I don't. I'm not saying that. I'm just trying to <laughs> decode what Gilbert was trying to say. Right, as crazy as it sounds. And to him was saying like, well, how come he doesn't develop a jump shot? How come he can't hit a three? Like, if he really wants to be the best, if he really wants to be the greatest, right? Like, he's got to put in the work. Like, put up a 1,000, put 10,000 shots up a game, and yada, yada, yada. He gave these examples of, like, Richard Jefferson, who didn't really have a jump shot, would go into the gym and work on his jumper and became a, a solid three-point shooter, right? Like, Dwayne Wade, he didn't have a – like, he couldn't really shoot the mid-range, but then throughout time, like, he developed a, a mid-range, you know, bank shot, right? Like, those little things – Giannis hasn't really developed, right? So what he's saying is, what in this other clip that I saw, what he was saying is, like, imagine if he does develop those things, right? Like, he learns how to, like, know when to come up and pull up for a transition, uh, a mid-range transition shot or a mid-range trend or a transition three or know, like, those little nuances, like, how great he can actually become. But that doesn't mean he can't still be the number one player in the world. Right, just because he's not as smart as Chris Paul, just because he's not as smart as LeBron James, just because he he doesn't have the footwork or the skill set of a Kobe Bryant, right? Like he doesn't have the 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 mentality of a Tim Duncan, doesn't mean he can't be great. Like Shaq was arguably the best player in two thousand two thousand one, right, alongside Tim Duncan, but he was still just because he was just he was mostly brute force, right? He was still terrific. Michael Jordan, when he was dominating, like the mid-80s, early 90s, right? He was a lot of his athleticism, right? So Gilbert kind of goes into the example of saying, like Jordan, like he became more of a meticulous player later on in his career, right? Be, develop a mid-range, develop his fadeaway, right? Learn how to do, right? Get away with certain things and learn the game within the game. Right and become a smarter player, and he's saying that Giannis isn't that smart in that sense. So I understand where he's coming from. That doesn't mean he still can't be great. That doesn't mean he can't be the best player in this league. And if you're gonna knock him for not being conditioned, for not being able to play forty minutes a game, thirty-seven minutes a game, Steph Curry hasn't played those minutes in like his entire career. If you're gonna say Steph Curry isn't like greatest one of the greatest players of all time, like he isn't a top four, five player in today's NBA, top three player in today's NBA. Kawhi Leonard, same thing. Like, the coach was just praising Kawhi Leonard. 
Like, what are we doing? You know what I mean? Like, this just comes off as, like, you're just kind of hating. Like, yes. A lot, like, Giannis it relies a lot on his athletic ability. Okay? What's wrong with that? Like, I can see, like, LeBron James early on in his career, he was smart. He's not as smart as he is today, right? He's not as smart as he was like early on his career as, as he was in his second stint in Cleveland. But he relied a lot, of, a lot of his athletic ability. And I don't think Giannis is not, for example, someone who I don't think is necessarily the, that smart and relies a lot of his athletic on his athletic ability was Russell Westbrook right in his prime. And he's not as good as Giannis. <laughs> like... For him to sit there and say, like, he went on and he posted stuff on Instagram, like, did he de- has he developed the three? Has he gotten better? Like, he has gotten better. He's gotten, he's become a better playmaker. He has been able to develop some sort of mid-range game, right? Like, his mid-range isn't, like, it doesn't just, it just doesn't look the prettiest, but he can hit a, a mid-range shot. He's not afraid to take threes, right? He's not a Ben Simmons, basically, is what I'm trying to say. Like, Ben Simmons, you can clearly say he does not work on his game. And that's what Gilbert Arenas was saying. Like, there's certain players that just don't want to work on their game over the summer, Giannis, you can see that he works on his game. Like, he has gotten better. He has. Like, he can hit a mid-range. He can hit a three. He'll go, like, one for eight sometimes, but he's not afraid to shoot. As opposed to early on in his career, he was afraid to shoot. You see what I'm saying? Like, he is a better playmaker. Like, he's learned, like, to play downhill, distribute, kick out, find his open players, find his open shooters. Like, that's all part of the game. Like, that's learning the game. Just because he's not as smart as other players doesn't mean he hasn't developed. Doesn't mean he hasn't gotten better. So even though, like, I know what Gilbert Arenas was trying to say, that Giannis isn't necessarily a chess player, right? He's not playing up. He's not out there playing chess. He's just out there playing the game. That doesn't mean he still can't be the best player in this league. Because Tim Duncan, for example, wasn't necessarily the most athletic player, right? He had all those intangibles that 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 Gilbert's talking about, right? Like, he knew the nuances. He was very smart. He was very meticulous. But he was never really the most athletic player. And you can make the case he was the best player at one point in this league. You see what I'm saying? Like, not every player can have both. Now, I understand what he's saying. Like, if Giannis does become that and can develop that, then, yes, he's going to reach another level of greatness, that doesn't mean he's not already great. That doesn't mean he's not already reached a level of greatness. So, even though I understand what he was trying to say, I don't agree with the fact that that hurts him. It doesn't hurt him. Because if he develops those skills, he can only be... Yes, I agree. He'll become even better. That doesn't mean that he's at this, like... You know what I mean? Like, he, that doesn't mean he's not capable of being the number one player in this league because of it. So my final topic of discussion is another clip. And <laughs> this is kind of going back to something that I posted on on social media, on TikTok once. And I kind of got trashed for it. But Deion Sanders words it better than I could have. And these are coming from Deion Sanders. Like, these words are coming from Deion. So I'm going to play this clip, and then I'm going to talk about it. Right, and then I'm going to get into something else I'm going to discuss. But let's listen to Dion. So let's hear what, what Dion had to say. All right. But it needs to be a different color jacket. All right. my, my, my jacket got to be a different color. It, 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 it uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> it, it needs to be a starting, starting 11. It needs to be an upper room. 
Okay. That's in the Hall of Fame. Put my head, what they call them? Bust? Well, I call it the head. Put my head, my head. Do that. Put my head where my head supposed to be. My head don't supposed to be right there. I'm sorry. I'm just being honest. I'm saying what y'all thinking. And a lot of y'all Hall of Famers are thinking the same thing. This thing is becoming a free fall now, man. You, this you is what I want to point good. out right here. No, no, it ain't good. It's people that change the game. Preach, Dion. That's Preach. what the Hall of Fame is. A game changer. A game changer. Not, Bitcoin. I played good. I had a good little run. Mm-mm. I gave you three, four good years. No, dog. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Game changes. Put my head where my head is supposed to. I'm tired of my head. I'm sitting up here looking at night like, what, what are you doing here? Nah, that, mm-mm, mm-mm. No, I'm just saying what some of y'all are thinking. Factual. Factual, factual, factual. And this is what I've been saying. And I said this in particular, or in particularly of a player, but I meant this in general. And the one player I called out was Carmelo Anthony. Now, I know he's talking about the NFL Hall of Fame, but I think you can apply this to the Basketball Hall of Fame. And I understand it's the Basketball Hall of Fame, right? So it's not just your NBA career. I get that. But I just think the Hall of Fame is just so watered down. I think it's so easy to get in the Hall of Fame. It's super easy. And what Dion is saying is like, it shouldn't be this easy. And if it is, there should be levels to this, right? There should be rankings to this. I should be in a different pedestal than some of these guys. Like my head should not be (laughs) next to his head. (laughs) Like to me, like, for example, just referring to football, like I think Eli Manning is deserving of the hall of fame some people will disagree but i do think eli deserves to be in the hall of fame now i don't think eli deserves to be in the same room as for example his brother or tom brady right or even aaron Rodgers. i don't think he's that level or dion's level right but i do think you know he could make the hall of fame and if he does he shouldn't be in the same sentence as these guys right and that's what dion is saying and that's what i've been saying there should be levels to this and not just because you played good a couple of years or, you know, you 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 did this or, you you know, you're an X, Y, and Z player. Like, no. You have to have made an impact. Game changers. And that's why player I always refer back to is Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> and a lot of people are going to say, well, you're a Carmelo hater. Maybe. That's fine. <laughs> At this point, I don't care. But, like, there are certain players like Melo, whose NBA career was just not the greatest. Like, it's not Hall of Fame worthy. Like, yeah, he was a very good scorer, but he just, was he a game changer? No. No, like, yeah, he's finished top 10 scoring all time. Is that really a game changer if it led to really nothing? Like, no success, really? You know what I mean? Like, that's why he will get in because of his USA Basketball and his time at Syracuse. He did win a national championship there. So I know Melo's going to get into the Basketball Hall of Fame. But I do think there should be some sort of separation, right? Whether if it's within the Hall of Fame that already that they already have, like create levels <clears throat> or just create a whole new NBA Hall of Fame where it's even it's a little bit harder to get in, right? And you've had to hu- make a huge impact in 
or have a very good, impactful NBA career in order to get into an NBA Hall of Fame. And you can make one for like the WNBA as well. Like, you know, I'm not just trying to say like, oh, the NBA deserves one and nobody else. Like, you can have an NBA, you can have a WNBA or even an international Hall of Fame, right? Or a college Hall of Fame, right? Like, separate them in some sort of way. Like, players like, for example, Christian Leitner shouldn't be in the same sentence as Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant. Um, all these players that are in the Hall of Fame, Christian Leitner who only had a college career is in the hall of fame alongside these guys. You see what I'm saying? Like there should be some sort of separation. So that's my point. And with that separation, you can make it harder to get in. For example, like the NBA hall of fame, like did you really make, how big of an impact did you make? How much of a difference maker were you in the NBA? Right. And that doesn't necessarily mean players are better than another. Right? Like, for example, Manu was just inducted into the Hall of Fame. And I think he does deserve to be in the NBA Hall of Fame. Now, does that necessarily mean he's better than, say, a Carmelo Anthony? Yes. <laughs> I would say he is. <laughs> no. Uh, you know, that's hard. To me, can I say Manu's better than Melo? Probably not. Probably not. But does Manu have a better case at making an NBA Hall of Fame over Melo? Yes, I agree with that. Right, I agree with that. But there's players like Melo, players like Melo. <laughs> okay, we're going to move on from Melo. But players like Melo, Stockton even, you know, they're even Paul Pierce. Like, yeah, he has an NBA, like he's an NBA um champion and he's got a finals mvp but he also needed a super team to win right like he's kind of borderline because outside of that what did he really do in his nba career but players like that right tracy mcgrady another one even players like yao ming his career was cut short because of injuries like a lot of these players as sad or as you know as, as much as I love Tracy growing up, as much as I love Yao Ming, right? As much as I didn't love Melo. <laughs> okay, okay, for sure done now, okay? You know, that doesn't necessarily mean just because you like a, a player, they were are superstars like Tracy, um, or superstars like Melo, right? They, they, they automatically deserve to be in the basketball, or yeah, in the basketball Hall of Fame. I mean, they do because of other things that they accomplished, but that doesn't necessarily mean they should be in an NBA Hall of Fame, Right? So I agree with Dion that there should be some sort of separation. There should be some sort of levels, whether it's ranking them some way. I think it's just easier to create, you know, a college Hall of Fame, high school Hall of Fame, a WNBA Hall of Fame, an NBA Hall of Fame, international Hall of Fame. I know it sounds crazy, but, you know, you can make it work. You can make it work. And the criteria is obviously going to be a lot different. And depending on what you accomplish in each of those categories or in each of those um, uh, points of your career, then we'll determine if you deserve to be in those particular Hall of Fames. But the way it is right now, I don't necessarily like it because players like Christian Leitner um, should not be in the same sentence as a Kobe, an MJ, a Shaq, Bird, Magic, Wilt, Hakeem. Kareem, 
the list goes on. <laughs> I agree with you, Dion. Your head should not be next to Eli Manning's head. <laughs> and that's going to be it for this episode, you guys. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, I'm going to try to make this a, a, a weekly occasion. I'm going to try to make episodes on a weekly basis for you guys. I feel like I owe you guys. But at the same time, I feel like I definitely need to start cranking some episodes out. Um, if not for sure, every two weeks, count on it moving forward. But I'm going to try to make this a, a weekly thing. So stay tuned for more content. Stay tuned for um, more more episodes. Um, unless something crazy happens again. <laughs> But no, man, again, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Make sure you guys like, comment, subscribe. If you guys are listening to me on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, make sure you guys like, comment, subscribe on there as well. Um, you guys can follow me on all my social media platforms, at around the NBA, uh, under Twitter podcast. But other than that, see you guys next time. <laughs>